Guys, I'm bringing the party to you. Samsonite. I was way off. Hold on to your butts. Text, I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Great to have you on the Stephen Corson Show, where we like to talk about money, life, and everything else. This show is all about revamping how you think about money and how to use it to live the life that you want. I'm excited you made this show part of your financial journey. So let's get to it. So this has been an extremely requested topic, how to invest $1,000. And I have purposely been holding off on this one because I did not want to get into this before I had a couple other episodes that I could refer back to. Um, there's a lot of fundamentals that go into investing in general. And um, I've, I've just wanted to make sure that I had some, some resources that I could point people to in case there were other questions instead of being like, oh, well, I've got this episode you know, that's coming up in the next couple of weeks, I can now just turn around and say, hey, go back and reference this episode or that episode if you want to know more. That being said, it's time to talk about how to invest $1,000. And really, the amount doesn't matter whether it's $1,000, $10,000. You want to, we start talking about $100,000, it'll change a little bit. Um, but really, this is kind of for the people that are out there who are like, hey, I got a little extra money. Maybe I got a stimulus check in, you know, want to be able to do something smart with this. I'm getting ready to, you know, be uh, getting out of debt, starting my financial journey, or hey, you know what? I got a raise at work, got a little extra money, want to play with it trying to figure out what to do. That's what today is about. Today is about how do we go through and dissect what the best situation is to get the best bang for your buck, very literally. So all $1,000 are not created equal. It depends very much on uh, what your financial situation is. So I don't want to come in here and be like, okay, for you got $1,000, go invest in a Bitcoin, or hey, you got $1,000, go buy this stock, or you know, whatever the case is. Like, you know, it, it, that's, it, that's not the case. So what, I'm, what we're going to do on, on this episode is we're going to walk through some fundamental questions. There's four specific that you can ask yourself and you can say, okay, as I go through these questions, think about it in your to context of, of what you're comfortable with regarding risk, where you are with your financial foundation, where you are on your financial journey. Think about all these things as you're answering these questions. And then you should be able to come to a pretty uh, clear place at the end of this on you know what to do with that $1,000. So with that being said, I do want to give a shout out to all of my Bucks fans out there. Uh, hey, Tampa Bay, baby, or as we're calling it, Champa Bay, we won the 2020 uh, Lightning. Um, uh, they won the the um, NHL championship, the Stanley Cup. Uh, the the uh, Bucks just did uh, the un <laughs> one of the most unbelievable things in sports. They ended up not just winning the Super Bowl, they ended up winning the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Never been done it before. I think there are three other teams that have won in their city, uh, but nobody's ever done it in their stadium before. So congratulations to my Bucks. That defense was lights out, still not getting enough credit. Bringing Tom Brady and Gronk in, Leonard Fournette, these guys, it was awesome. Okay, so all that said, I digress. If you're watching the video, you see the hat. Uh, sorry, just had to represent. Really excited about the Super Bowl win. All right, so let's get into this. For those of you that I haven't lost, if I had any New England fans, they're probably crying a little bit seeing Tom Brady win Super Bowls with other teams. I'm sorry, guys, um, but uh, on behalf of Tampa, we thank you. So that being said, investing $1,000. So question number one. Before you do anything, you have to stop and ask, do I have six months of monthly expenses saved up? Okay, so 
take in all your regular stuff. I'm not counting things like haircuts unless you get a haircut on a monthly basis. You know, a lot of women don't, um, you know, so it just, you know, I'm talking about more like what is your utilities? What is your food? You know, the things that you can't really live without. Um, What are those monthly expenses? What does that look like right now to maintain your current lifestyle? And then do you have six months of that? If you don't, then this is very simple. You take that $1,000 and you put it aside in a savings account and you start building up to that six months. That's kind of where we start. You need to make sure that you have that. Here's why you have to start there. If you take that $1,000, there's no guarantee that no matter how good the investment is, that it's going to go up initially, right? A lot of times when you invest, you take on risk. That's the whole point of investing. Well, no investment just goes in a straight line up. Everything is jagged, right? You look at like a stock chart and it's up and down and up and down and then a big down and then slow gradual ups. And normally when things tank and they go in an investment goes down, it goes down really quickly. But the growth is slow and over time. That That's not always the case, but especially when it comes to stocks, that tends to be how things work. So the reality is if you go invest $1,000 and all of a sudden you just had a really bad timing and that stock tanks 20%, well, now all of a sudden your $1,000 is worth $800. Well, if you had an emergency and you ran over a construction zone, it got four flat tires and you don't have anything saved up, well, then you're in a lot of trouble because now you have to pull out that $1,000 out of your investment to go pay for it. Well, you just lost $200 because you didn't, you weren't able to leave it in there for time. So that's why it's so important to have an emergency fund um, saved up before you do it. Now, I the, it can be argued that, hey, I'm still contributing to it and investing because I've got this really good opportunity. I have three months saved, but I don't have the full six. Uh, that's a completely different conversation I'm not going to get into right now. Uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Job stability. If you got fired, how quickly could you get rehired? Um, so industry you're in, like stuff like that really comes into play. Um, but for the most part, let's try to make sure that we get that six months. So um, it's a boring answer. I know that's not exciting, but it's it's extremely important um, to make sure that you're at least beginning that journey. So if you've got that, or if you feel good with whatever you do have with your financial foundation, uh, making sure that you can cover yourself for a decent period of time if something goes on, let's move on to question number two. So question number two, do you have any debt with interest rates that are over 10%? And listen, I just put 10% here. Um, it's a it's a solid, you know, kind of number. Realistically, if you have anything that's over seven, eight, nine percent, you really need to be considering that as well. Um, but specifically, anything over 10%, it's double digits. It's a no-brainer at this point. You need to pay it down. And I know that sounds really weird. Like it doesn't sound like in like paying off debt is an investment. But again, all we really care about is what is the biggest bang for our buck? Is that how can we get that $1,000 to stretch as long as it can? The reality is this. And in the the, uh, you know, the reality is this, if you have a credit card, uh, most of those are happening at 20%. If you can't pay that off every month, if you take that $1,000 and you have a credit card that's at 20% APR, which is actually kind of low, some of them are like 22, 25. But let's just say 20. So that means that at the end of that period, that $1,000 is now going to be $1,200, okay? That's that 20% that's on there. And let's say you didn't pay it off for next year. It's that $1,200 isn't going to 
$1,400, right? It's going to be more than that. I think it's going to be like $1,444 because now that compounding interest is building on itself. That's a problem. That's what you want your investments to do. That's why credit card companies and banks are absolutely rich because they have a guaranteed interest rate that they are getting on their investment. That's how much the loan is going to you, right? So they are guaranteed. If that interest rate is 20% on that credit card, they are guaranteed unless you are going to default to make 20% on their investment. Guess what? People like you and me, we don't get that kind of sh- of, of, of surety. We, we aren't guaranteed that we're going to make 20% on something. We can work off an investment off of averages and do all these other things and hope so, but it's definitely not going to be consistent every single month compounding, right? So that's why paying off debt, if you were to take that money and invest it, right? You might get 10% in a good year on the market. Like, listen, and listen, the past couple years have been a little insane. 2020 was a little nuts for a lot of different reasons, which I'll get into in a different podcast that's coming up here soon. Um, But but for the most part, the stock market returns on average of 9%. Well, if you're just working long-term on averages at that point, 20%, 9%, you're either going to be losing money on the interest side or you're not because you're not getting enough on the investment. Pick your poison, right? So that's why I say if you have debt over 10%, but really anything around 7 8 or 9 you absolutely need to just put that money in there to pay it down. Again, it's not sexy, but you know what? If you just started working out again, I'm not going to go tell, and you you haven't been working out, you're not in great shape, kind of where I'm sitting at right now, you know, I'm not going to go out and run 10 miles. I know running 10 miles is really healthy. I know if I can do it, that'd be great, but that's not where I'm going to start. I'm going to go start running a mile and stretching and doing some really boring fundamental stuff. That's what you have to do to build it. This is the best place to start. So there you go. That's question number two. Question number three. So now let's assume that, hey, you've taken care of the majority of your high interest debt. Um, You're in a pretty good place as far as your monthly expenses go, um, different things like that. Now we have to ask this question. And this may not sound so much like uh, an investment question, but it absolutely is. What's your plan with that $1,000? And you may be thinking about that going uh, to make more money. <laughs> and, and yes, obviously the answer is to make more money. But what? Like how much more? Like do you need that $1,000 to become uh, $1,100? Do you need that $1,000 to become $2,000? $4,000? What What do you need that $1,000 to really help you accomplish and why? You know, it, it's it, there's a lot of different ways to uh, accomplish the same goal. So it's, it, 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 it's, under, it's helpful to understand what it is the end game here is uh, on your investment strategy. So uh, for example, uh, you know, when you're doing this, your outcome will always dictate your investment strategy. You're never just going to come in and say, uh, if you're talking to a professional investor or anything like that, you're never going to come in and just say, oh, you have a thousand dollars to to invest, uh, you know, and then they're just going to stick it out somewhere and hope it works. No, they're going to know and say, hey, I need to make 10% on this money this year, or hey, I need to make 10% on this in the next, you know, 20 days, or hey, I need to make 10% on this over the next three years. The time, even though the 10% is the same, the time frame of that makes the risk that much greater. So 
there's a, and that's going to get a little bit into question four. But anyway, the point is you have to know what are you trying to do with this thousand dollars? Are you trying to double it? Are you just trying to make 10% quadruple it? Whatever the case is, that changes things because then if you're trying to to do it, well, before I do that, we're going to get into question four. So once you ask question number three, now you have to ask question number four. And this very much goes with it. How much of the money how much of that $1,000 are you willing to put at risk? That's what investing is. Investing is taking on risk. So are you willing to risk all of it? Are you willing to only lose 20% in a worst case scenario? That is an equally important question that you have to ask right after you ask number three. So the reason I'm bringing up those two is this, and they, they very much go hand in hand. So if I know, okay, well, this $1,000, um, this is really the, the foundation of my long-term investing plan. So I want to continue to put extra money I have into the market long-term and save up for my retirement. Okay, great. We can do a lot with that through some very conservative means. You don't have to worry about a lot of risk. You know, you can put it in different funds, 401k, yada, 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 Roth IRA. There's a lot of different things that you can do at that point. But then if you come in here and you change that and you say, well, actually, I'm willing to put all of the money at risk um, and I'm willing to do that in um, but over a long period of time. Well, then that also can change things because time is your best friend anytime it comes to investments. It tends to be the great equalizer. Um, not always, but you know, sometimes. So if you're willing to do something like that, then maybe stocks is a better choice for you. Maybe real estate and appreciation there could be good for you, depending on how it is you want to do it. Again, right now we're only talking about a thousand dollars, but these questions apply regardless of whether or not we're talking about a million or not. Uh, once the number gets bigger, you got a couple other questions you got to ask yourself. But like I said, we're starting on the foundations here. So Again, question four, how much of the money are you willing to put at risk? If you're like, listen, of this $1,000, I cannot lose all of this. I can only lose 20% max. Like, like disaster for me would be investing this money and then turning around and being able only to get back, uh, you know, 750, you know, $600 of it. That would be an absolute disaster for me if I did that. Okay we have to evaluate that risk. If that's the case, I am absolutely not going to recommend any kind of speculative investment, nothing that's super risky, like a cryptocurrency. Are you kidding me? You could lose all of it. So if you can't lose that money, um, uh, we're just we're not going to do it. I mean, at that point, you might as well just go to the casino. Like if you've got that much risk, I, I just hey, go to the casino, take that thousand dollars and put it down on black. You got a 48 and a half percent chance of uh, get of doubling your money right there on the spot. I mean, and if you need to quadruple it, just leave it on black and you've got a five and a half percent chance to, to double uh, quadruple your money, uh, have it laying on black four times in a row those aren't great odds. Can it happen? Yeah, absolutely. Five and a half percent of the time, but you know, that's not a lot. So that's where you, you have to realize the faster you want your money to grow and the shorter of amount of time that you need it to happen in, the, the, the more risk that you're going to end up taking on. It's just the nature of the game. The more, the larger your goal in the longer time span you have for that, the greater the odds and the chances that you are giving yourself in order to be able to, to achieve whatever that number is, right? So 
I mean, it's, it's just one of those things to where you have to take that step back and you have to go, what is it I want to do? Now, I will say this. Here's the disclaimer. Um, patience wins in this scenario almost every time. Uh, if you are able to invest and you're in a position for it, the greatest investor of our day uh, and one of the richest men in the world is Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is notorious for sitting on just boatloads of cash, just to the point that it will make his in his um, you know constituents that are <laughs> that are uh, with him a little angry sometimes. They'll be like, "Dude, you need to be investing." And he goes, "No, look, I've got principles here, and even though this stock may go up, or even though this may look like a great investment, I'm not gonna do it because I still believe that there in the next five to ten years could be a bigger disaster, and we'll find a better place to put our money. And that is what he is stuck by and done for all of his life, and he is." a multi-billionaire and has um, her, uh, uh, Berkshire Hathaway is one of the most expensive stocks on the stock market. Um, yeah. So if it's good enough for him, it's probably good enough for you and me too. Patience will always win the investment game. It's not in human nature to do that. We want to get rich quick. There's a reason all these sleazy guys on TikTok and YouTube who are out here talking about you know, how to quadruple your money and do all this other stuff. And they're selling you courses. They're not making that money left over or, or you know, on, on a regular basis. What they're making f- uh, the money from is you buying the course on how to make money really fast. And that's the only fast money that they're actually making. They may have, they may be, you know, quadrupled their money one time, you know, on, on that one stock trade. But, you know, the funny thing about gamblers is they'll tell you when they went to the casino and they won 10 grand, but they won't tell you about the three other times they went and they lost five grand, eight grand and three grand, and they're technically still in the red. So, you know, if you, that's just one of the the realities of investing at some point in time, it just becomes gambling. When you need to make a certain amount of money in a very short amount of time, it's not really considered investing at that point. It's considered gambling, regardless of whatever the vehicle is that you're using uh, for that. So all that being said, what now? So like I said, if you want to think about this a little differently. Stocks is not the only way to make money. Cryptocurrency, not the only way to make money. Uh, There's a lot of ways to make money and to do it um, uh, in a fairly safe and consistent way. So again, this comes down to the goal. What do you need to do it for? So let's actually talk about this. Let's say you want to quadruple your money. Okay, so you need to turn that thousand dollars into four thousand dollars. Well, if you don't have to spend that immediately, here's some interesting ways you could do it that you may not have thought of investments. One of my favorite ones that very few people tend to think of, and I don't know why outside of the fact that maybe they just don't want to do the extra work is investing the money in you. Wait, what? Yeah, that's right. Upskill. Go online, take an online course in whatever your field is and, you know, talk to your boss and say, listen, I need to earn more money. If I go and I take this management course, if I go and I have get this additional technical skill, or I learn to code in this computer language, you know, whatever it is that's in your field, if I'm an electrician and I go and I get this additional certification that will allow me to do jobs that I can't do right now, 
it, that makes me more marketable. It makes me more valuable. What kind of raise could I get then? So if I take that thousand dollars to learn to upskill myself and make myself more valuable inherently through what I am able to do in my given field or to start a hustle, could I earn four thousand dollars a year doing that? Absolutely. I mean, you can earn an extra four thousand dollars from going from you know uh, you know fry cook to the uh, freaking assistant shift manager. You know, there can be pretty significant pay bumps there. Well, a lot of people don't think of it like that. Well, if you invest in you, that's the gift that keeps on giving. So you invest that thousand dollars in something that upskills you. All of a sudden, you may be able to turn that paycheck into $4,000 in a year. And guess what? That's going to keep adding on to itself as long as you continue to work at that job. And God forbid you continue to upskill and get promoted from there. So there's a thought. Um, here's another one. Uh, I kind of mentioned it, you know, $1,000 of additional training or starting a side hustle. Okay, so you take that $1,000 and, uh, you know, you turn that into making your car really nice, doing all this other stuff, and you start driving for Uber or whatever the case is, yada, yada, uh, you know, doing one of these other side hustle things like shipped. Um, there you go. There's another way to earn four thousand dollars. It's it's not it's an investment in you. It's not necessarily an investment to where it's I, I hate the term passive um, income, you know. But you kind of get what I'm saying. It's still active. But the point is, if the goal is to turn that thousand dollars into four thousand dollars, there's a way to do it. Um, you know, if you're a teenager. I mean, let's think about it like this. You're a teenager and you, over the summer you want to be able to go out and make some money. Take that thousand dollars. Go buy you know, two lawnmowers, really nice lawnmowers, maybe, maybe get some riding ones or something like that, right? And then go around your neighborhood and start mowing lawns for the rest of the summer. I guarantee you, you'll be able to turn, I mean, you probably don't even need $1,000 for that. You can buy other equipment and different things and do whatever you want. I guarantee you, you'll be able to turn that into $4,000. So, you know, starting a business, it kind of sums up a lot of those things, whether that's a side hustle, part-time, you know, whatever it is, that's a, you know, depending on what your, your, goals are it's it's risky uh you could always you know not do it you could quit you could do whatever but that's a way to, to end up doubling your money um so then uh here's another one let's say you're looking to sell your home right i'm looking to sell my home uh want to get a little bit of a nicer house i want to invest this thousand dollars so i can go and uh hopefully that'll turn to some more money and i can do that well instead of going and investing in you know something like a stock or whatever the case is why don't you take that thousand dollars and you invest it in your house it's it's shown that one of the best ways to increase the value of, uh, the value of your home is a fresh coat of paint, like a neutral color. Uh, if you have walls that are like a blue or a green or a red or whatever the case is, like a strong color, the you may lose prospective people who come in and they're just they may like the house, but the color can you know the whole point that realtors say is you want people to be able to see them living in this house, right? That's how it gets sold. So coming in, fresh coat of paint, paint a neutral color, like a gray or a white or whatever, and let them kind of envision it. Paint can increase the volume of your home easily by $4,000, easily. So it doesn't sound like an investment again, but it is. You're taking $1,000. Again, we just want to get the biggest bang for our buck. That's it. We don't really care how we get there, right? We, we don't care if it's sexy or not. So if I go, I take that $1,000, repaint my house, maybe add a couple refurbishments, you know, a couple little nice things here, some staging pictures, whatever the case is to make it look good. I could absolutely sell my house for an extra $4,000. Turn that $1,000 into $4,000 and I'm going to get that money when it all comes back in equity after it sells. 
see, now we're thinking a little bit. We're thinking differently. That's the point. It all depends on what you need the money for, how quickly do you need it, how much risk are you willing to take, and what's the end game here? What is it that you need the money for? What's the long-term or short-term strategy on this? So so that's it. So look, if you if the answer is, listen, I have $1,000, I just want to earn 10% on it year over year, and then maybe I want to be able to add to it. Maybe I just want to dabble. Maybe I'm, I'm just looking for some individual stuff. So I'll say this, because normally when people come to me, they're asking about stocks. And if you've been disappointed listening to this, and you're like, man, Stephen, I just wanted you to tell me which stock to go buy into. Number one, I legally can't do that. And then number two, uh, maybe this will uh, appease you enough. If you're looking to go buy a stock uh, or, or a fund on the market or whatever the case is, and you only have $1,000 to start off with, I would not go in. A lot of people talk about diversification. Oh, you need to diversify. Put $250 here, $250 here, $250 here. Listen, what is what is 50% of $250? It's $125. It's not that much money. So if you go and you diversify, which the entire point of diversifying is to lower your risk, you're also going to lower the amount of gains that you can take. It's not really worth it at the $1,000 level. So what I would recommend is that if you just want to go, you want to test the waters a little bit on the stock market, I would not recommend going and putting that $1,000 into a fund. What I would do is I would go and I would just pick a stock that you really like. Find a company, research that company, do something that you know, maybe do something you don't know, but do a lot of research on it and make sure you understand that company, where they're going and what their competition is doing and why they're going to have a, a, a great year and a great three years ahead of them, okay? Yeah, understand things like, do they pay a dividend? A dividend, for some of you that don't know, is a guaranteed payment to you uh, out of the profits for letting people have money. So like Coca-Cola, very notorious for their dividend, 3.5%. You are guaranteed going to get paid 3.5% back because it's a dividend. And then if it happens to increase, then great, you'll get that too. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. But I would take that $1,000, I would just pick one stock at that point in time, if that's what you're going to start off with. And at minimum, you will learn so much through that process, that it will set you up to make even smarter investments down the road. Uh, you will get excited. I plan on when my son uh, turns 14. And then uh, when my daughter's turn 14 as well, going to do the same thing for them. For their birthday, I'm going to give them a couple hundred dollars in a stock and that money has to, to sit there, but we're going to go through the process of buying one. And then, you know, I'm going to make them check in on it every once in a while. And hopefully it'll be a good stock and it'll grow and they'll kind of get to see that a little bit. So, you know, there's all those different things that you can do. Um, but I, I would say that if that's what you want to do, if you want to test out, you know, the stock market, start doing some stuff there, find a company that you like, you know, if you had a friend or an uncle or whoever that gave you a stock tip, sure, pay attention to it, check it out, do your own research and then go in and uh, let it ride. And yeah, so that's it. That's the big stuff. Hopefully this was helpful uh, as far as a foundational area. Again, it doesn't have to be $1,000. It can be 5,000, can be 10,000. It, it, it doesn't matter. Once we're starting to talk about you know fifty dollars to $100,000 on investments, yes, you still have to ask these questions, but you've got to ask a couple other questions too, because there can be some pretty big implications with taxes and other things. And then it opens you up to different uh, investment opportunities that you can't do with 1000 or $10,000 like real estate. 
estate. So it gets a lot more complicated with the more money that you have. You know what they say, more money, more problems. I hope you enjoyed this episode and had a good time. If you'd like to support this podcast and our broader efforts with everything money to bring quality financial entertainment and education to the masses, then please just take five seconds to go give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or vote for us on Spotify. You can also check out our Patreon page for more behind the scenes and go to www.everything.money for more problem-solving and life-changing information. Most of all, thanks for listening.